Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop Flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. Imagine your hard-earned dollars go into a government entity that at best covertly resents constituent oversight and at worst comfortably pegs constituents as domestic terrorists. And should that type viewpoint be rewarded? Welcome to Political Pursuits, the podcast. I'm your host, Lou Ann Anderson, and the question that we will take on today is as follows. Will domestic terrorist parents support upcoming government school bond elections? Some taxpayer-funded organizations, specifically these school districts, boy, they evidently think it should be rewarded, and they're demonstrated as such on May 7th by seeking voter approval of new school bond proposals to fund the latest never-ending stream of needed projects. But as we move toward these elections, we're about a month out from early voting starting now, I think it's important that voters should be aware of a resolution that was passed back right at the end of 2021. It was passed by the State Republican Executive Committee, the SREC, which is an arm of the Republican Party of Texas. It calls for local school districts to sever ties with an organization, the Texas Association of School Boards, also known as TASB. Let's talk about TASB. It's an organization that is funded by public dollars paid via member school districts. TASB uses these taxpayer dollars to direct cookie-cutter school board programs and operations Think your local bond election campaign that right now you're probably starting to see ads for, signs for, getting mailers for, that type thing. They direct all of those type programs. And again, they're just cookie cutter. They just plug in the name and change the colors up and wash, rinse, and repeat. They also fund taxpayer adverse activities and lobbying efforts, including membership with an organization called the National School Boards Association, which is an organization that in late 2021 made some headlines by characterizing outspoken parents and other taxpayers as domestic terrorists. You might remember that story. It was back in September or so. This organization, National School Board Associations, they sent a letter to the Biden administration asking for special investigative powers to be aimed at parents who seem to publicly oppose issues, actions that school boards are taking. 
This SREC resolution, it states, it's a very simple thing, it states that whereas the National School Boards Association has made statements equating parents' public actions and comments opposing the teaching of critical race theory in our public schools with domestic terrorism and hate crimes in a letter to President Biden, and whereas this letter, which NSBA has since retracted, spurred the State School Board Associations of Louisiana, Missouri, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Tennessee to terminate their affiliation with NSBA, and whereas the Texas Association of School Boards had admitted in a letter that the NSBA letter to President Biden, quote, missed the mark, unquote, but only committed to working more diligently with NSBA, and whereas organizations like TASB, which has allowed the erosion of Texans' parental authority, should not take direction from NSBA, now there it be resolved that the Republican Party of Texas firmly believes that local independent school districts should sever their ties with TASB in order to protect Texas children and the voices of parents, and be it further resolved that the Republican Party of Texas opposes tax dollars being sent by local ISDs to TASB and NSBA, which both have promoted critical race theory and have opposed parental rights, and be it further resolved that this resolution shall be sent to all members of the Texas legislature and to the president of the Texas Association of School Boards, posted on the Republican Party of Texas website and shared by the SRECs with the ISDs in their respective Senate districts. Basically what this is saying is that NSBA came out, made some very harsh, unfounded allegations regarding parents whose children go to government schools, parents whose tax dollars not only pay for the schools, not only pay for the salaries, but pay for these very organizations. And it's time to cut the cord, sever the ties. I mean, really, do parents and taxpayers truly want their dollars funding an organization that considers the more outspoken of their ranks to be domestic terrorists? And how does TASB's ongoing membership not signal, at the very least, tacit agreement with National School Board Association's position? This relationship trickles down to bode poorly on how local school districts appear to view taxpayers, especially anyone daring to publicly question or disagree with school board policies or actions. And again, should that mindset be rewarded with more of your dollars? That's the question you need to be asking yourself and be prepared to answer in late April and on May 7th when voting for these school bond elections happen. One more point. Ever heard of taxpayer-funded lobbying? It's kind of been a hot button here in Texas and actually across the country for a number of years. That is exactly who and what TASB does. A May 2019 poll conducted by the Texas Public Policy Foundation found the following. Today, TPPF released the results of a poll that again demonstrates Texans overwhelmingly oppose Taxpayer-funded lobbying. Nearly 9 out of 10 Texans, that was 88%, say they oppose using tax dollars to fund lobbyists to just 5% who say they fully support it. 78% say they strongly oppose taxpayer money going to lobbyists. You can do the math. 
In fairness, TASB isn't the only organization that is associated with local governments and that uses taxpayer funds to lobby against the taxpayer interests. The education industry also has the Texas Association of School Administrators, while counties have the Texas Association of Counties, cities have the Texas Municipal League. These organizations share a common bond via their acceptance of taxpayer funds, in other words, local government dues, to pursue actions on behalf of their member governments, actions which often directly conflict with taxpayer interests. Something else these organizations and local governments all have in common? An endless desire for more of your money. While student learning levels were questionable, nearly two years of COVID-19 has taught parents plenty. In 2021, parents began approaching their school boards and administrators with return to normalcy concerns centered around government overreach, specifically things like in-class teaching options, social distancing, mask and vaccine mandates, as well as the use of critical race theory concepts. CRT discovery was one of those odd silver lining occurrences that sprang from the lockdowns and parents at home overseeing their children's virtual school experiences. Since then, there's been even more issues that have been stemming from this to some degree early on, but now have taken on a life of their own. We're talking about things like programs, like No Place for Hate, social emotional learning, Parents are learning what's in their children's libraries. They're finding out that there's some pretty troubling books that are in there. They may have, you know, different degrees of sexual promiscuity, transgender and other sexual type content, racism, a number of different things. In fact, No Place for Hate that I just mentioned, they have a Books Matter section. Their book of the month this month is called Stacy's Extraordinary Words. It's written by someone who you might recognize, none other than Stacy Abrams. But this particular program, which is critical race theory, if you were to go and look at what the what the curriculum is and look at some of the teaching guides, that is the philosophy that is espoused with this program. The books that they have, they talk about things like bias, discrimination, and hate, gender and sexism, LGBTQ people, homophobia and heterosexism, people, identity and culture, race and racism, social justice. All these type things, but that's not the only thing. You're having you're having contention with school boards when parents go and maybe start questioning school administrators down in Round Rock, just down the street from where I am here in Bell County. The Round Rock ISD has had all sorts of controversy regarding a superintendent there that some allegations have been made about. And this has caused a real rift in the in the board where most of the board is voting in support of this this particular superintendent. Two members have been opposed to his continuation in that community. And the bulk of the board has taken some really draconian measures in trying to stifle the public parents coming in and even voicing their opinions about this issue. Something else we have going on here in Central Texas is Austin Pride Week, where the Austin Independent School District, they've been having some kind of curriculum that they've been talking about in the schools, and they have been asking their students just to keep things quiet. Don't go home and talk to mom and dad about what's staying in the classroom. What we say in the classroom, you know, the old what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, well, 
Austin Independent School District is picking up that same mantra. So all of these type things are issues which are swirling around within our communities. They have a very centric relationship to schools. Parents are bringing their concerns to school boards and the school boards don't want to hear about it. In fact, responding to a lot of these growing numbers of parents back in September, the NSBA, remember that's the National School Board Association, they catapulted to absolute notoriety with their letter to President Joe Biden, which called for putting safeguards in place to protect public schools and dedicated education leaders as they do their job. The letter went on to discuss NSBA's view of school district challenges regarding COVID recovery operations and how many public school officials are also facing physical threats because of propaganda purporting the false inclusion of critical race theory with classroom instruction and curriculum. This letter stated, this propaganda continues despite the fact that critical race theory is not taught in public schools and remains a complex law school and graduate school subject well beyond the scope of a K-12 through class. Well, it may be what they consider to be propaganda, but I got a whole 60 pages of propaganda sitting in my house here that goes through and would say very differently that my local school district was teaching critical race theory. This organization... To show you how radical these people are, this organization, National School Board Association, they ask for a joint task force of federal law enforcement agencies, state and local law enforcement, along with public school officials, to focus on perceived threats. They also requested assistance of the U.S. Postal Inspection Service to intervene against threatening letters and cyberbullying attacks that have been transmitted to students, school board members, district administrators, and other educators. Prior to asking for what appears to be the full range of the national security apparatus to be unleashed upon dissenting parents, NSBA stated, as these acts of malice, violence, and threats against public school officials have increased, the classification of these heinous actions could be the equivalent to a form of domestic terrorism and hate crimes. Domestic terrorism and hate crimes. That's what this organization that is supported by your local school district, that's what they think of parents who would dare question the actions of local school boards. The way I would say this is that you are defined by the company you keep. And not surprisingly, serious backlash occurred with this. You know, I mean, this is kind of like this NSBA. Remember the Patriot Act? That's basically what they're doing. When we had the Patriot Act back after 9-11, and it said, oh, we're going to use all of these, the full force of the government to go after terrorists who are seeking to bring harm to our shores based upon the horror that was 9-11. Well, they're now saying, hey, you know what? We got to do some more with that. Except this time, we need to turn it on those pesky parents who are coming to our school board meetings and they're mad because their kids might have to wear a mask or might need to get 15 vaccines or because we're teaching them they're kids that some of them are oppressors and some of them are oppressed and they need to hate the color of their skin. Those are the people that they're wanting to go after. It's just incredible. Absolutely incredible. So yes, serious backlash occurred when NSBA, when this, when this letter became public, you know. 
Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop Flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. NSBAO, they predictably apologized because state school board associations began dropping their memberships at a rapid rate. In short order, however, it was also discovered that the White House had colluded with NSBA in drafting the letter. Fox News reported, emails provided to Fox News shows that NSBA had coordinated with the White House for weeks beforehand. Viola Garcia, remember that name, Viola Garcia, the NASB president whom the Department of Education later named to a federal board, sent a memo to NASB members on October 11th, providing a timeline of the group's interaction with the White House ahead of the letter to Biden, which was sent out on September 29th. The emails revealed concern over the current climate for school board members is also a top priority as disruptions at school board meetings grow and members face growing threats, Viola Garcia wrote at the time, according to a memo obtained by Parents Defending Education, which is a group that got this memo through a Freedom of Information Act request. NSBA has been actively engaged with the White House, Department of Justice, Department of Homeland Security, Department of Education, Surgeon General, and other federal agencies on pandemic-related issues. And now those pandemic-related issues include coming after you if you dare disagree with them. This is how and where school districts spend your money. And via bond elections, they now want more. Is this really what makes sense? But the story doesn't end there. No, we're going to bring this back to Texas a little bit. An organization, the Texas Freedom Caucus, responded to the NSBA letter as follows. They said parents of school-aged children across the country were rightfully shocked when state-level school board associations began to sever ties with NSBA, the Texas Freedom Caucus wrote to the Texas Association of School Boards requesting that they do the same. In response, TASB minimized NSBA's comments saying they missed the mark but refused to ultimately cut ties with NSB over their remark. TASB also claimed that they were not consulted about the group's letter before it was sent, but documents discovered via another FOIA request suggest otherwise. Documents obtained by the advocacy group Parents Defending Education conflicted with TASB's no prior knowledge claim. The Texan reported, Responding to an inquiry from the advocacy group Parents Defending Education, TASB distanced itself from the NSBA letter saying it was not involved. It also said that it would remain an affiliate of NSBA. However, documents show that NSBA notified its state affiliates of the letter before sending it. So everybody, all of these state organizations, they were in on it. They knew that this national organization was going to come and go to the highest levels of our federal government and accuse you outspoken parents of being domestic terrorists. 
Parents Defending Education obtained communication between NSBA and its affiliates showing that TASB knew a request for protection would be sent to the Biden administration. While the NSBA specified the reason for this request, the full content of the letter was not shared with affiliates like TASB until it was sent. The Texas Freedom Caucus believes that this newly released correspondence shows that TASB approved the letter before it was sent, in addition to the fact that an Aldean ISD, that's a district down near Houston, trustee actually leads the NSBA. Remember the name Viola Garcia I told you to, to keep in your mind? Viola Garcia is a Texan. She is head of the NSBA. She also has been over the years involved with TASB. The Texas Freedom Caucus sent an open letter to parents, teachers, and Texas school board members requesting advocacy of their local ISDs to sever ties with TASB. The group noted that organizations like TASB, who see no problem with taking further control away from parents, have no business in Texas schools. Not only do they have no business in Texas schools and they have no problem taking further control away from parents, they also have no problem taking further money away from parents. So here's the plot twist. TASB's relationship to NSBA runs deeper than most states. Viola Garcia... NSBA's current president is not only a Texan, having served as an Aldean ISD school board member for 29 years, but she also served as TASB, the Texas Association of School Boards president. She was the president of that organization in 2012-2013. Also, NSBA currently lists one Joy Baskin as one of three ex-officio non-voting directors. Ms. Baskin's credentials are listed as Chair, Council of School Attorneys, Director of Legal Services, Texas Association of School Boards, Texas. With these ties, TASB's continued support of National School Boards Association is hardly surprising. But Texans are speaking out with this. Parents tagged as domestic terrorists was a big story in the fall. And you know something? When these people are back here now asking for our money, I don't know. It's, things aren't just quite as all of forgiven and forgotten as they might would like to think it is. School boards and their friends happily tag concerned parents as domestic terrorists. But really, we're all good now that you want our money? You know, that may play in the teacher's lounge. But <laughs> this election, my friends, it's taking place in the real world. And taxpayer-funded lobbying conducted by organizations like TASB and NSBA has long been a hot-button issue for many Texas voters. In 2021, Chuck DeVore, who's the vice president of National Initiatives at the Texas Public Policy Foundation, he said this about taxpayer-funded lobbying. Government, especially local governments in Texas, has no business handing millions of taxpayer dollars over to lobbyists. Full stop. Taxpayer money. Critical funds should instead go directly to education, public safety, property tax relief, or other priorities that benefit taxpayers directly. We've got a situation which combines taxpayer-funded lobbying with cronyism and government overreach. It's a trifecta that's not likely to sit with well-educated voters in today's post-pandemic climate. Here's what Texas Scorecard has said on the issue. As more and more Texans join the backlash against the National School Boards Association for comparing parents 
fighting harmful school district policies to domestic terrorism. They're reminded that their lawmakers failed to defund the NSBA's Texas affiliate, Texas Association of School Boards, despite repeated calls from constituents to stop sending tax dollars to lobbyists. The Texas Association of School Boards is a statewide tax-funded lobbying group for school officials. All 1,024 school Texas school boards are TASB members. Dues are paid with tax dollars, and TASB sends some of those dollars to the NSBA. We have been calling for withdrawal from TASB, as well as other similar organizations for years, Fran Rhodes, president of conservative activist group True Texas Project, said. It's part of the taxpayer-funded lobbying problem that plagues every aspect of our local governments. Texas Public Policy describes the TASB and the NSBA relationship as follows. Given all the attention, it's clear that the controversy isn't going away, nor should it. The NSBA's view of parental participation in school board meetings is repugnant and has no place here. That that a ta- Texas-based institution funded with our tax dollars continues to closely align itself with such a radical organization raises some serious questions. But as this is happy talk season, your local school district won't want to continue these type discussions about TASB or the National School Board Association. And in fact, I would contend that there are a lot of conversations your school districts don't want to talk about. Here in Bell County, we've got two, two of our largest Two of our three largest school districts have bond elections coming up. That's the Temple ISD and the Belton ISD. What might the Temple ISD not want to talk about? Well, number one, that riot that took place back in the fall. Districts seemed to know about it in advance, but they didn't bother telling parents. Some of the parents probably would have preferred their kids not be there at school. And so anyway, once it did become an issue within local media, it was downplayed to parents. I mentioned it before, No Place for Hate, the curriculum that's anti-bullying. It's sponsored by the American Defamation League, which is a left, left, left left-leaning organization. It's critical race theory. The school district, in a public information request, told me that no, they do not teach critical race theory. I would submit to anyone... I would be happy to send you the link to the to some of the materials come with this program and let you read for yourself and determine that this is or is not critical race theory. And I have a feeling I know which side you're going to come down on. And interestingly, after the bond election that TISD was pursuing back in November, No Place for Hate seems to have quietly gone away. All the banners on the schools that were participating, they're gone. And it just doesn't seem that, that No Place for Hate is is in the schools anymore. Again, that's just something that's quietly happened. It's not anything that the, that the school district is coming out speaking about. Back in September, they were happy on the, on the front page of the paper to be having pictures of the kids with the banners. But boy, what a difference 60 days or so made. And once they were called out for what that program was, we went quiet on it. Something else that was quiet was the bond election. In November, Temple was going after two proposals. One of them was voted down resoundingly. The other came in just within a handful of votes. It was it was defeated. 
The school district very quietly did a recount. We even have some an anecdotal account that one TISD board member claimed that, oh, no, there was not going to be any recount when at that point in time it would appear that a recount was underway. No official results have ever been announced. However, the fact that TISD is now asking for voters to once again come to the polls and approve this time a very minimally scaled down package from what they did before would indicate that obviously they lost that bond election. Something else too with regard to that, obviously there was opposition to that when they were revamping that that program or the, the bond election, all these proposals. No doubtedly, there was a committee pull, pulled together and, you know, we were looking on, so what are going to be the priorities for going back and taking another bite at the apple and try and con our voters into passing this? You would have thought that maybe in order to give more legitimacy, more credibility to what they were going to ask for, they would have asked some of the people who had previously been opposed to it to come in and give their views what are things that you would support but no 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 once again those dissenting views we don't like those and you know i guess maybe it's for the best because if you had gone in and voiced an honest opinion you might have been tagged of domestic terrorists so i guess sometimes we should be careful what we ask for belton is the other school district that is asking for significant bond uh, dollars from their voters as well. And when it comes to what Belton doesn't want to talk about, got an interesting situation here that was sent to me by a, a Belton resident named Jeff Howard. He also included for me a recording of an attorney, Holly Wardell, who is an attorney for the Belton Independent School District and some comments that she made regarding parents stakeholders at a, a meeting back in November. Holly, you've seen these a million times. I'm not troubled by the language the way that it is. Uh, and I think it is consistent with the board operating procedures. So I, I think the first sentence goes to, you know, just addressing there is a portion of the board meeting where you'll receive public comment. And then the second sentence just clarifies that Outside of that public comment period, there's not going to be a back and forth with the board here from from the peanut gallery, basically, unless the presiding officer recognizes somebody and calls them up and asks them to speak. Upon learning about this meeting, Jeff Howard sent the following email to Jeff Norwood, VISD school board president and superintendent Matt Smith. Mr. Norwood, I am contacting you regarding comments made by Holly Wardell, BISD attorney, during the BISD school board policy meeting conducted November 2, 2021. At approximately 14 minutes into the discussion amongst the school board members, while discussing the amount of time that should be allotted to parents and stakeholders who attend school board meetings to present their issues and concerns to the elected members of the school board, Ms. Wardell made the comment and referred to parents and stakeholders as the, quote, peanut gallery, unquote. To some, this may be an obscure phrase, so I will offer the following definition of peanut gallery from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Number one, this is the definition of a peanut gallery, the upper balcony of a theater. Number two, a group of critics or commentators likened to spectators in the cheap seats of a theater. And number three, a person or group of people whose opinions 
are insignificant. Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. The email goes on, Ms. Wardell, a taxpayer-funded employee of the school board, openly pronounced her disdain for the parents and stakeholders who care about their children's education, who take the time to address these issues and concerns to the elected members of the school board and appears to regard them as lowlifes whose opinions are insignificant and whose voices should be relegated to the cheap seats. One would think that in the current environment of highly publicized nationwide conflict between parents and school boards, a licensed attorney and legal advisor to the school board would have chosen her words better. Possibly she forgot that the meeting was being recorded for public use. Her comment, which was not rebutted by any policy board member, was rude, condescending, disrespectful, and totally unprofessional. It lends to the further perception that school board members, who are elected representatives of the people, place themselves upon an altar above the people that place them there. The perception that the employers are nothing more than minor irritants to the employees. Since this comment was made publicly as an employee and representative of BISD, I believe a public apology made by Ms. Wardell is in order at the next scheduled BISD school board meeting. Words and behavior such as this should not be tolerated by any elected member of the school board or the superintendent. Thank you for your time. I look forward to to your action on this situation. Now, mind you, this was on November 11th. On November 15th, a few days later, Jeff Howard gets an email back from Superintendent Matt Smith. It reads, Good evening. Thank you for copying me on your thoughts and concerns. I hear your perspective and will have a better ear for this in the future. Sincerely, Matt Smith, Superintendent. Boy, That's getting right on it, isn't it? Since this was the response and nothing else came, a few weeks later on December 12th, Jeff sends an email to Aaron Bass, who was one of another BISD school board member, and then he copied all of the other school board members. This email read, Miss Bass, I am forwarding the email I sent to Mr. Norwood to you and the rest of the board members. 
Original email was sent to the board president, Mr. Norwood, on November 11th, 2021. I included Matt Smith on the email, but not addressed directly to him, as this is an issue for the elected members of the board. To date, I have yet to receive a response from the president of BISD board. I did receive what I consider a patronizing response from Matt Smith on the 15th of November of 2021 that seems to brush off the severity of the issue. Again, that was the thank you for copying me on your thoughts and concerns. I hear your perspective and will have a better ear for this in the future. Howard continues, after 30 days, I have not received a response from Mr. Norwood and to date, I am unaware of any board members being made aware of this situation. However, I am aware that the subject of the email, BISD attorney Holly Wardell was informed was informed, as it appears that a paralegal from her law firm viewed my personal LinkedIn page. After reviewing the below email, I would like to get your thoughts as my board representative about the situation and comments by the BISD attorney. This situation seems to contradict statements from the board about open communication with parents and stakeholders and the Belton ISD values and belief statements regarding community engagement. Lack of response only furthers the perceptions and beliefs I mentioned in my original email. Thank you for your time, Jeff S. Howard. To her credit, Erin Bass responds back, just very short order, in fact, it was the next day. Hello, Mr. Howard. Thank you for taking the time to reach out and share your concerns regarding the comment made during the policy meeting. After listening to the video, I can understand how the comment could be taken offensively, and I'm sorry it was perceived this way. I bet she was. I have included Dr. Smith and Mr. Norwood on this response so that we can adequately address your concern. Sincerely, Aaron Bass. To which Jeff Howard replies, Aaron, thank you for your quick response. Again, still awaiting a response from the original email to Mr. Norwood. I am glad you understand the comment is offensive to every parent and stakeholder. The remedy is simple. A public apology from the BISD attorney. Regards, Jeff Howard. Now, mind you, this is six weeks after the original comment was made, a month after the email started going. So now, finally, on Thursday, January 13th, two months after this, Jeff sends an email to Jeff Norwood. Jeff, good morning. It has now been two months since I sent this email to you and was wondering if after two months you'd care to comment on the situation. Later that day, we're still on January 13th, Jeff Norwood comes back, Mr. Howard, Dr. Smith and I discussed your email and sent you a timely response. The email came from Dr. Smith, but I was a party to that email and the subsequent ones that have been sent. For me to send an email restating what Dr. Smith had already said does not seem productive. Thank you, Jeff Norwood. With that, Jeff Howard comes back for one final email. Jeff, good morning, and thank you for finally responding personally. Matt Smith did not mention any conversation with you in his email response. I'm curious as to why Matt Smith responded to an email that was sent directly to you, the board president. Over the years serving in many positions on various boards and as president of some, 
I always personally responded to all emails in a timely manner, especially those that identified issues. In my many years involved in the political process as a precinct chairman, county chairman, and state executive committee member, I have never had an elected official from any level of government fail to respond to a letter or email addressed directly to them. So to date, the issue is still unresolved as you nor the board have addressed it in any policy or board meeting. Transparency and communication are the hallmarks of leadership, and I don't believe it is too much to ask from you or the school board. Responses so far have only lent credence to the complaint, and the lack of action gives the perception that given the time, the situation will just go away. Bottom line up front, will a public apology be forthcoming as requested in the original email? That email was sent on Friday, January 14th, and it does not appear that there has ever been any further communication between Mr. Howard and Mr. Norwood. But when we go back to our earlier point, that is why voters need to be thinking when they go to the polls here, how responsive are your school boards? How responsive are your school district administrators? Are you really in a partnership with them in trying to get your kids the best possible government education? Or are these people looking down at you and thinking that this is a a case of the uh, tail wagging the dog? Just one more interesting little thing uh, regarding Miss Wardell, Holly Boyd Wardell, who is a shareholder at Eichelbaum, Wardell, Hanson, Powell, and Munoz, PC, which is located in Austin. The firm also has an office in Plano. I found this interesting going through talking about her her credentials and just what a small world it is. She is a member of the Austin Bar Association. And son of a gun here, she is also a member of the National School Boards Association Council of School Attorneys. How about that? She also is with the Texas Council of School Attorneys, and she is with the Texas Education Agency's State Supervision Committee and Complaints Management System. So basically what this says is that this is someone who is very steeped into the bureaucratic education system. Not everybody that is part of the educrat class is a teacher or a school administrator. There are lots of other people on the peripheral who provide support services to our government schools. And Holly Boyd Wardell is one of them. And from that standpoint, the idea that she would think that the constituents who pay the bills for the school district, which would include her fees, which I'm sure are not insignificant, they're taxpayer funded. And incidentally, If Jeff Howard were to be granted the apology that he has requested from Ms. Wardell, make no mistake, she's a lawyer. Lawyers operate on billable hours. So if she were to do anything issuing an apology, it will also be logged as a billable hour paid for by the taxpayer or at least one taxpayer who is actually requesting that apology. We've talked about the things that uh, school districts don't really want to talk about. So what's the bottom line with this? 
I would say the taxpayer approval of bond proposals should be a transactionary event in which the public entrusts a local government entity with significant dollars and the government is charged with dutifully expending the funds as per the bond issuance terms. It's an agreement ideally based on both parties acting in good faith, in both parties having mutual respect. As May 7th approaches, school districts will ramp up the emotional pressure with four of the children and 21st century learning campaigns. We're also already seeing, as in a recent article, I talked about a session down at Austin South by Southwest where uh, coaching sessions were taking place to optimize bond election outcomes. And again, it's a manipulation of your school district voters trying to get the election outcomes, the passages of these bonds that they want. Districts are going to ramp up the peer pressure campaign with letters from prominent citizens, as well as new newspaper ads featuring lists of influential bond supporters. That we're all in this together, it's the mantra until the ever-present time for you to give us more of your money message emerges. These times never much feel like good faith is any serious part of the equation. Based on this entire environment and the fact that taxpayers, that parents seem to be held in such low esteem with regard to school districts, I think three issues surface that school districts won't want to discuss. One is the relationship with taxpayer hostile organizations like TASB, like NSBA. Which is more important, your constituents or these organizations? These organizations help to make sure you get more of your constituents' dollars. That's what the whole lobbying efforts are about. But were it not for your constituents, there would be no taxpayer dollars. So it's time that that these school districts ask themselves, which is more important? And parents, taxpayers need to ask themselves, do school districts actually promote healthy relationships with the non-groupie parents that are in their orbit? So number one issue that school districts don't want us to discuss, but you need to take into account the relationship with taxpayer hostile organizations. Something else that, that the school districts don't want to discuss, the true price of the bond proposals. What they're doing, they're quoting you the principal. They're quoting you principal only. They're not including the interest. The interest generally adds about another 40%. So if somebody's looking for $180 million in a bond, add another 40% of that, which would be another $70 million or so. And so you're going to get up closer to $250 million. A third thing, which I think is important, I've been told that other people don't really, it matters to them, but the current debt levels. Right now, local governments have huge amounts of debt that they're carrying. And school districts are the worst when it comes to your local government entities, between your school districts, your cities, your counties. Special purpose districts like community colleges, water districts, your school bonds constitute most of the debt that's out there. You may think that, well, it's just debt. It's never really going to be anything we have to worry about. In today's climate, I wouldn't feel real comfortable about that. But again, that's just me. In deciding supporter oppositions, all I would suggest is that the points that are most avoided by your local governments are probably the points that should be of greatest consideration. And with that, it's time for some real talk about school board elections.
That's it for today. This is Lou Ann Anderson with Political Pursuits, the podcast. I thank you so much for listening. And meanwhile, courage is contagious. Let's try spreading some around. You probably know the feeling. Sweaty, fast breathing, quick heart rate. That's a cortisol spike. It feels awful, and its imbalance is the cause of your anxiety. Rebalance Health's three-part anxiety system helps address it at the root. Rebalance Health lozenges are natural and designed for optimal absorption, providing 24-hour relief. Live life fully without feeling like you're fighting for it. Get 50% off your first month with code CALM23 at rebalancehealth.com.